Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Good morning and welcome to Precious Predicaments with your host, Jeanette Abney and special guest Cedric Board, and I also have an in-house guest. I want to first give honor to my Heavenly Father for waking me up this morning and all that he's done in my life. And today's show is going to be very, very interesting. So I hope you are ready. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about being a father and being a man. And before I even get started with this topic, I want to share even with my in-house guests how you know, we talk about precious predicaments. We talk about being a man. I had a man walking towards my office this morning, walking towards my door, and I just brought him in to come and join us. I told him, you a man, so come on in. So <laughs> with today's topic, being about being a father, being a man, and without further ado, I want to welcome my guest and cousin, Cedric Boyd. So Cedric, hey, please tell the listeners who you are and what you do and why this topic is special to you. Okay, well, my name is Cedric Boyd. Um, I worked for the probation department for about 15 years. Uh, I'm also a writer. Um, I have my own TV show. And, uh, you know, I've been working with kids for like 25 years. So uh, the topic of being a father and being a man, um, I've had to uh, deal with quite a bit with the kids on my caseload and the kids that I work with in the juvenile hall. So, um, you know, our goal is, my goal is, and all of our goals, should be to make these young men into to better men and stronger men and men that the women can count on. So that's why it's so precious in my heart. And you know what, Cedric, I want to thank you for that. And even if individuals read what I wrote on in, on my episode, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the identity of a man. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though it comes with a lot of different stereotypes, because we talk about a man, we're not talking about a person just born with opinions. We're talking about right. what is a man and how does a young man transition from being a from birth all the way throughout this transition because even though we seek to gain understanding of what that means it's still questionable you know i, mm-hmm. I got home last night i was looking at my grandson and he mm-hmm. just turned three months old and i'm looking right. at him and he's a biracial male and mm-hmm. just him growing up and my son is 31 years old and and the things that I saw. And like I said, we're going to get into your book because you are mm-hmm. an author and you're a comedian, right. even though I'm not a comedian. But we're going to be laughing on here, too. Right. <laughs> but um, just talking about even with that transition, because I'm a woman. So I'm just confused as to what is this all about and um, talking about how does it a person even go from that? And before we even go there, I did a little homework. And I read mm-hmm. the book. I've also, right. the other day, I was um, at one of my friend's house, and I was listening to to um, Bishop Noah Jones, and he was talking about, you need to get yourself together. And mm-hmm. I even had the book about, even with Dare to Be a Man by David E. F. G. Evans, and I wish I could even get Steve Harvey on here, but we got you, so we ain't going to need Steve. Right. So um, exactly. just trying to find out, and one of the things with Dare to Be a Man, he talks about the truth. That every man must know and every woman needs to know about him. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit in the li- in your listeners a little bit about your book or about your book and what you came up with talking about him. Who is what is him? Who is him? What is this man? What is this about? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the Good Wolf is about a guy. He's about thirty five. He looks really good on paper. You know, he's got money. He's got stuff. Women. You know, all the stuff that we like. But he's not happy, and he mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why he's not happy, and he's not happy because he doesn't have purpose, you know. So you gotta you gotta have a purpose in this life. He's he's at the age where he's still living like he's twenty two, but he's thirty five, wow. you know. And at some point in time, you gotta grow up, you know. So this is kind of Randall's Randall Whitmore's lead character. This is kind of his process and his his growing up and becoming the man that. He should be and could be, mm-hmm. and we know that that's we know that's an uncomfortable process because uh, that's the only way you grow. You know, well, but if you, you're comfortable but you said all I, the time. You don't grow. 
Got you. You know, but you said basically an uncomfortable process. You know, right. like I said, I was going through some research and me being a therapist, I work with a lot of men. And growing mm-hmm. up the way I grew up and what we saw and right. what I saw and things of that nature. And even with T.D. Jake's book, So You Call Yourself a Man. And one of the things right. he talk about is unlock your potential God created you to be powerful Mm -hmm. and filled with purpose. And when we talk about that purpose, a lot of times the purpose kind of goes with the identity in regards to who are you. But I want want my in-house guest to say something, too, because, like I said, this man looks like a very interesting man. I don't know this man no more than the man on the moon. But he came in, and I told him I was going to put him on the show. So I want to introduce my in-house guest. Like I said, I just pulled up at my office with my food in my hand, saw this man walking by with a dog, and he said, can I tie my dog up? I said, sure. Walked in my office. I said, you a man? Come on in. I need you on the show, and we're going to take it from there. So I'm going to let him without further ado with him introduce himself because one thing he said is he's trying to find out who he is as a man so okay tell the listeners who you are get a little closer you come by me my name is philip and um i come to see um jeanette to uh uh find out why i'm not a a a real man and what's been holding me back these uh years and i'm 49 years old and i've been held back Okay, Philip. So when you say you've been held back, what do you think is holding you back from being a real man? I have no clue. Okay. So, I mean, it's interesting. Like I said, I do this every day. And um, like I told him when he came in, I was like, I can't go on, talk to you right now because I got to go on the air. So you got to go on the air with me. So, okay. So talking about these challenges that many men have to go through, including the, you know, of self and who they really are. And they're confused about the identity of a man. And I can truly say for myself as a child, you know, it was not a pretty image of what I saw. I had my grandfather, uncles, father, and other men that my mother brought into my life that played the father role. And I can say that I was also truly grateful, but yet I was also confused. Then as I became a teenager, I had play brothers. And these play brothers was very close to me, but I also watched and I learned things from them. So, Cedric, I want to tell you to tell me, the listeners, and this man sitting in my office about what it is and what it takes and the, the stereotypes and things of that nature. Because I know as an adult, I became a hot mess because I've been accused of, Jeanette, you need to let a man be a man. And I still right. struggle with what that means. Okay, girl, um, there's a drill I do with the kids I learned from a group called uh, Boys Council. Um, and what you do is, usually I have a chalkboard, and I write the words boy and man on the board. Um, your, your listeners, Philip, if you've got a pencil and a pen, uh, you can do the same. And the drill's mm-hmm. pretty simple. What I do is, I have the kids, it's usually a group of about eight or ten, I have them tell me what they think a boy is, and what they think a man is. So when we go through the list and we go through boy, it's usually a really negative connotation or that, you know, when they put boy, they put weak and broke and, you know, silly and goofy and, you know, all these really negative things um, that are geared towards a boy. And in my head, I was like, well, you got to be a boy before you can be a man. So, you know, they have a lot of negative thoughts about boys and men. Mm-hmm. So when they when, mm-hmm, when they put on the board, like this is a great drill to do. When they put on the board, they put on the board strong and has their own money and has their own place and, you know, just a lot of really upbeat, strong things. And the key to the drill is when I ask them to look at the list and look at the board and I ask them, well, which one do you fall under with your behavior? Because my father taught me people treat you how you act. Wow. So they made the list. So it's not me telling them anything. You you understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They're figuring it out for themselves. And when they look at that board and they look at the difference between a man and a boy, they're like, well, hell, I'm a boy. I act like a boy. You know, and it's nothing that I told them. It's something that they came to the conclusion on their own. So well, you know, we you know, Cedric, it's interesting that. you said that because one of the things is being a man doesn't only mean that you carry yourself in a masculine way. Because, see, a lot of times right. we talk about a man and a boy or a man versus a boy. The first thing mm-hmm. I've heard men say, even watching television, is 
I'm not a I'm not a boy, I'm a man. Or right. a lot of young men want to be strong, they think they have to be athletic, and we look at right. masculinity. And when we talk about cultures, it takes it to a whole nother level. You know, because mm-hmm. I had been reading, like I said, a lot of books and even with Steve Harvey books, one of the things he's indicated was a man wants to protect, provide and proclaim. And a lot of right. times we get caught right. up with this protection. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I see also in my practice and even with a lot of men that I work with, is with that mm-hmm. masculinity is one of the things that they struggle with, but they also have to sure. be willing to work hard to control their emotions and take responsibilities for their action. Now, I'm looking at some stuff, and it talks about, like you said, boy versus man, talking about your group. And when mm-hmm. you were a boy, and even biblical, it talks about, you know, when I was a child, I thought I was a child, and, and things of that nature. But one of the things it says is a child can often be rude, self-centered, Focus right. on having fun, rude by his emotion. Absolutely. But when you talk about those things, rude, self-centered, focused on having fun, rude by their emotions. I think that's one of the things that me as a woman and a lot of women, we struggle with with a man because we still right. see that sometimes in adult men. Why is right. that? Um, well, it's hard to be a man if you've never seen a man. Wow. You know, like some of the men these young these young guys see, um, their behavior is consistent with the guys that they see. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I had one, one kid tell me, like, he told me he was a man, he was 14. And I was like, okay, young man, what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, my girlfriend's 20, and I, I fight dudes your size. And, like, he had all these really silly definitions. And, and I was telling my friend, you know, because we both grew up with our father, I was like, well, what else would he think? Because the guys he see, he's doing the exact same stuff they're doing. You know, he don't wow. see them going to work and handling their business and paying their bills on time and just, you know, being the rock in the center, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny that you said Lord. that. It's funny you said that because um, my cousin, I have a cousin, I keep saying I don't want to throw my family under the bus, but he always shared his story about he was raised by my grandmother. And mm-hmm. my grandmother told him, you're the man of the house. And right. my grandmother had him move a water heater. And he didn't know right. with the water heater, he had to drain the water out of the water heater to move it. Of course And he not. thought, mm-hmm. well, I'm the man, so I can raise it. I can put this water heater together. He said when he right. tried to lift that water heater, that taught him a whole different scenario of what is a man. But that right. kind of stuck right. in his head because even being a woman raising a young man, when we put that image in these young men's mind, you the man of the house, sometimes they get right. confused with that. So we're going to be going to break pretty soon in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. But I want to say if people want to call in or they want to share, because we haven't even touched on being a father. Right now we're talking about the young men being a boy and going through this transition and what that really means. So if you want to call, you can call us at 888-346-49141 and share with Jeanette Abney, Cedric Boyd, and our in-house guest, Philip. So we have a couple of minutes. Anything you want to say? Cedric, before we agree to go to a break? Uh, I'm good, Jeanette. I just, uh, you know, I got a couple things. I'm not really super concerned about the book. Um, I just want to really, this, the goal here, you know, is kind of to gear ourselves towards getting these kids in the right direction. Gotcha. And uh, what, what, what led me to that? Gotcha. And, you know, and talking about that, like, what do you think? What defines a real man? How am I doing when it comes to masculinity? Those are things that a lot of men are finding to be a challenge because it says a real man endeavors to be respectful, self-sacrificing, responsible, and in control of his emotions. So those are some of the things that a a lot of men struggle with. And if you haven't seen a man, I want to talk about when we come back from the break, what do you do? Do you use that as an excuse or do you justify it by saying my father wasn't here, my father passed Mm -hmm. away, or nobody wanted me? What do you do? So we're going to go to a break. And for those that want to call in or email me or whatever the case may be, follow me on Twitter, just do so and let's bring this to the forefront so we can try to find out some solutions, some resources to help young men and older men define what is a real man and what is a father. Be right back. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? 
It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Cedric Boyd and our in-house guest, Philip. One of the things I want to talk about is some of the challenges that men go through, and one is the popular misconception about manhood. And I was sitting here chatting with my guest, and one of the things that he indicated was he remembered being a juvenile and how he was scared to turn into a man and didn't really know what that was about. So I want to say some of the things that they talk about with the misconception about manhood, and I'm going to let him share because, like I said, I don't know him, and he's here, so I want him to share. And it talks about, in regards to those misconceptions, what some people say. And one of the things is, real men are tough, they don't cry. Real men don't let nobody tell them what to do. And men are better than women. So, Philip, tell me some of the misconceptions that you went through, and why were you afraid to be a man? Well, you got to get a little closer, Philip. Uh, look closer. 16. You come by me. I ain't scared of you. As long as you don't mess with my food, we good. Mm. I was on my own when I was 16, and, and I didn't have a male role model to uh, show me what to do. Get a little closer, Philip. Um, so how did you become on your own at age 16? What happened? Uh, well, my mom passed away, and I moved out of the house. And when I was uh, 14, moved in with some family members. But when I was 16, I went on my own. And, uh, and, and I didn't have any role models to uh, show me what to do, how to become a real man. And still today, I'm 49 and still struggling with this problem. Okay. So you're 49. You said, so you've been on your own since 16. What was that life for you at, from being on your own? It was all work. Okay. Just work, work, work. And, and and every time I did have a girlfriend, uh, it never blossomed into a marriage. Um, just I tried to do what I could, but always did the wrong thing. Tell me about what you meant by doing the wrong thing. What was it that you struggled with that you felt it was doing the wrong thing? Because it sounds like you was looking for love. You was looking for happiness. You was looking for relationships. But you were struggling with what is a man because I've never seen one. I didn't have this father figure in my life. Right. And um, and um, the, the father figure I did have, the, uh, my parents fought. Okay. And, and so I carried that into my relationships, and, and I wasn't taught how not to fight. Okay. All right. Hey, Cedric. Now, you, yes, know, us grow, you know us growing up, okay? Your right, father, right. my father, things of that nature, because like I told everybody, we are cousins. Even though we didn't Absolutely. see each other a lot, we're still cousins. Yep. Now, yep. one of the things that I can truly say about your father and my uncle is I admired him as a man. And um, it was funny because whenever Lieutenant came around, he was always talking about history. He was mm-hmm. always talking about, you know, it, it seemed like he was an avid reader. He loved to read and he loved he to share wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I 
always thought that he was a great father. And I remember just he listening was. to some of the things my mother used to say even about him as a man. He was one of those ideal men for me to look up to, even though sure. I didn't see him around that much when I was a kid as I did when I became an adult. Then it's like mm-hmm. kind of transition. But one thing I saw with my uncle lieutenant was his pain. I saw his pain. Right. And it was something that he really didn't want to talk about because a lot of men that I see, and I also conduct a 52-week veterans and adventure program, is I see a lot of their anger. I see a lot of their, their shame. I see a lot of their pride. Let's talk a little bit about that from a male's perspective. What is that about? Okay. Um, you know, I can only speak for myself, um, and I can only speak for, for my father and his pain, like, he had a lot of regrets. My, uh, him and my mother, Alice Faye, uh, Johnson, Boyd, Andrews, she, um, <laughs> she, mm-hmm. you know, they had a rough, they had an ugly divorce. It was really ugly and it got really nasty and, uh, you know, as divorces do, you know. Mm-hmm. So in relating to Philip, um, when I got married, I had a lot of anxiety too about about getting married, um, you know, because I didn't, I know how to get divorced. I don't know how to stay married. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think it's a, a, a skill set. You know, it's, it's, it's equivalent to, um, let's say you don't know how to swim. Correct. Okay. And nobody in your family knows how to swim. And nobody that you know knows how to swim. Mm-hmm. And anybody that tried to learn how to swim drowned. Wow. So you would have a lot of anxiety about jumping in a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Right? So if everybody you've seen has been divorced, then, you know, we got, I got 11 aunts and uncles on my mom on my mom's side, and they all been divorced, and most of uh, my siblings on my dad's side have been divorced. And, you know, mm-hmm. my parents were divorced. My grandparents were divorced. <laughs> so, you know, how was I going to go into a marriage thinking I knew how to be married? You know, wow. to me, everybody in my family got divorced. So and you know, it's mm-hmm, natural I'm to have that anxiety. You know what I mean? It's natural, but you, what you do is you cling to people that you do see have a good marriage, and you got to be open and vulnerable and, and discuss it with them and discuss your, your your struggles. And generally, they can relate to you, and that and that helps tremendously because you're not alone. You know, Correct. Philip, you're not alone, man. A lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and like I said, and I commend Philip because even though Philip came in my office with papers in his hands, I was like, what are those papers? You know, and he wanted some help because I am not even here on Tuesdays. I'm not. Right. Philip just I don't know if he saw me. What brought you here, Philip? How did you even find me? How did you even? I was sent in by uh, uh, North uh, County mental health by north county mental health yes okay and they told you to come see Jeanette abney yes wow because like i said i just saw a man walking down the street with a dog and i just said hey and he you know just came parked in and wanted to sit here and he was like i'll wait for you because he's like i need some help i Mm. need somebody to talk to and you know and it's that part right there a lot of men struggle with because they don't know who to go to for help Right. You know, it's kind of like they that think thing, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. What was you going to say, Cedric? Right. Yeah, they think they need to have all the answers. When you're a man, for some reason, um, you can't show vulnerability or that you don't know what you're doing sometimes. You know, you think you're supposed to have all the answers, and you end up making a bigger mess because generally you don't have any of the answers. You're right. You, know? so, you are so and, and right. The inability to allow men to be vulnerable and to speak and go, you know what? I'm a little scared about getting married or, man, I don't know what this adulthood is all about, you know, Mm -hmm. and to have a a, a kind voice, an understanding voice, um, speak to them, you know, and I, you know, when I dealt with the kids that were locked up, like, they'll eventually tell you, but they got to trust you and you got to be patient and wait for them to get it out because it's all new to them, you know. Wow. Now, you said two important things, trust and patience and see being a woman and you know growing up and like I said I grew up in a female predominant family and with me growing up around a lot of females I didn't see a lot of men of character I did not know how I wanted my husband to be how Mm -hmm. I, I you know when I gave birth to my son I knew what I did not want my son to be 
But I right. have witnessed men be murdered at 25, domestic violence, abusive relationships. Right. You know, I had seen so much negativity. And what my mother tried to instill into her three girls is she taught us well, but she made us so tough to want to right. even in my dating relationship. And I, heard, I had a man tell me, I don't know how to let a man be a man. Like I said, I was confused because I knew how to work on cars, cut the grass, do this, do that, go to work. So I didn't, and it wasn't that I would disrespect a man. It was just so, I was so already used to doing everything like most women right. are. It was, right. it was a challenge. And it's a challenge for men to even deal with me sometimes because of that. Sure. What would you tell a woman in regards to patient? How patient we supposed to be? Can the brother help us out? Well, you know, you gotta you gotta maybe raise your standard um, in what you're looking for in a man. You know what I mean? Because if you're trying to like, if you're trying to like change a man and like raise him, you know, then obviously there's gonna be a problem. You know, mm -hmm. he needs to already be grown when he shows up. You know, you can't like. You just have to raise the bar to what is acceptable and what isn't, you know. And if he's, if he wants to be with you, he's going to meet that. Um, as far as uh, the vulnerability issue, you know, it's just a matter of trust. Like, you have to trust that he's going to take care of that for you. And that's mm -hmm. difficult because that wasn't instilled in you. You know what I mean? Correct. Like but, the, you know, when you talk about that. The make you strong mm -hmm. are the same things that make you weak. Gotcha. You, know? you you know what? And that is interesting because I remember um, a man one time wanted me to watch this movie called Braveheart. I was like, I don't want to watch Braveheart. I don't like those kind of movies. But one of the things that the man said in the movie Braveheart is when you are strong, I am weak. When I yeah. am weak, you are strong. And it's complementing right. each other. Now, Absolutely. another challenge I want to talk about is when you talk about now that young man has have now he have children. And not only do we right. have children, now he's a father. And right. it looks like a lot are lacking that wholesome father figure. You know, because right. let's say, for an example, the man didn't have a father growing up when he was growing up. And now we got right. this young man, man growing up. And mm -hmm. they say that some people say, if your father is not was not in the picture, you really never learn what it means to be a man. Or if your father said, poor examples, you doomed. You are doomed to repeat that mistake. And it looks right. like that's what a lot of young men are doing. They set themselves up for failure. What can these men do? Because you're seeing that the man already got to come with a package and he should already be there. But a lot of them are not. So what can they so do, Cedric? But I thought we were kind of gearing it specifically towards you in this particular situation. Okay, we know. But you I, already told me about me. Was, okay, <laughs> what I would say was you learned um, this particular behavior so you can learn another one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like gotcha. you learned that behavior. Find somebody that you respect. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody that's, that's tangible, hands-on, or even somebody in a book. Find mm -hmm. somebody that you respect. And you can say, like, this is a person I respect. And mm -hmm. um, I, I, I agree with this gentleman's values. I agree with this stuff. And he will teach me. You know, God will make somebody available for you. But, baby, you got to ask. You got to wow. ask. What you they know, say it goes back to you ask. have not because you ask not. Wow. Right. Like you said, you got to ask. Exactly. You got to be able to reach out. One of the things mm -hmm. I want to share, and I know I had brought you on board with this, and I had indicated I, as a therapist, because I have several different office locations, and one of the things that I want to do is instead of talking about it and coming up with all these problems and pointing a finger is coming up with some solutions. And one of the solutions that I have suggested is I want to start this man-to-man -man workshops. So one of the things I want to do and I'm working towards is setting a form for men, young Middle age, teenagers, old, mm -hmm. you know, like they say, ain't no fool like an old fool. But bringing these right. men to a form to where they can get together and get these tools from somebody that have been there, done that, and have the patience to meet them where they are to try to help them mm -hmm. pick up the pieces to help them help themselves. Because a lot of times men don't know if they can trust other men. They say that women talk more than men. Men talk a lot right. too. They but do. We do. They don't always tell the truth. 
even when mm-hmm. they what they call shooting the, shooting the SHIT or you know right. why can can are men really honest with me and let's say you growing a uh, you where you are now if you right. dealing with a dilemma do you mm-hmm. really at this point in your life have somebody that you can go and talk to that's going to tell you the truth I do I'm I'm very fortunate uh, I have a I have a very good friend um, that we worked together for a long time and and he will be honest with me you know, he's not going to co-sign on my nonsense, and I'm not going to co-sign on his. We have an honest relationship, you know. Wow. And, um, you know, what's what's odd is, like, one day he was kind of struggling, and he reached out to me at work, and we weren't super close at that time as we are now. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what, said? I see how you kind of carry yourself, and I see mm-hmm. that you're still married. You know, me and Jamie have been married 15 years, knock on wood, you know. We've been together 22 years, so... You know, I've, we've been at it a while, you know, so which means we've we've gone through the challenges that it takes to stay married, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, he just kind of came up to me and we just built that relationship that we weren't going to lie to each other. You know, a lot of men don't have that, but that's the goal is for us to try to connect these men together. And what's what's interesting is when you get men in a group and, you know, a group of about maybe you're 10 and you can get them, the eight or ten, and you can get them to relax and put mm-hmm. their guard down and see that, you know what? Damn, I was thinking the same thing, and somebody just put it out. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not alone. You know, well, what? The, the devil wants to isolate you and tell mm-hmm. you that your problems, you're the only one with those problems. When the person right next door to you has the exact same problems, but we're just afraid to talk. And you know what? And that's the thing is that fear. And that's why I enjoy conducting the batters intervention groups for the men that are perpetrators. And especially me being a woman is because I'm able to create that environment. I'm able to have the group of men talk about some of the things that they're going through. And one of them is dealing with their emotions and emotional maturity and addressing those fears. And the one thing that happens is these men connect with one another and they help one another in regards to what they're going through because a lot of them don't have that and that's why a lot of young men have ran the gangs a lot of young men run the drugs a lot of young men run to older women you know they use a lot of these outlets that was not very healthy for them and it became a crutch and trying to find someone that's honest that's sincere, that the intentions mm-hmm. are pure is a challenge. But one right. of the things that, like I said, I know you in a Sacramento area and I'm in the mm-hmm. Oceanside, Riverside County, right. San Diego County, but we're going to definitely connect and I'm going to put together that form because Please I do. am sick and tired of watching these young men struggle with some of these emotions that they're going through because they're so angry. And right. it's breaking through that anger. And under that anger is a lot of fear. So when a lot talk of pain, about too, Jeanette. Pain, that's pain. true. That is pain. true. Mm. That is true. It's like the old saying go, when you write down the word anger, you put a D in front of it, you got danger. And because Amen. of that is what a lot of these young men are going through. Now, we're going to be taking a break in about two minutes. However, before we get to that break, I want to talk about, even though we talk about the the sons and the women raising sons, and I thought maybe more women would be calling, talking about what can they mm-hmm. do to help their son, because a lot right. of times they don't know, because we as women, we're breeding this. We have to really learn to break that cycle. And mm-hmm. even when you see your son is struggling, finding a man for him to connect with. But what happens, too, is sometimes men don't want to trust because they get abused by other men, you know, right. and that's another right. struggle that individuals go through. Sure. And talking about that pain, talking about learning to trust, talking about learning mm-hmm. to respect and teaching people to respect one another and not only respecting one another but loving one another it's like what is that love about how can you love when Mm -hmm. you're so angry so before we go to Uh, breaks you can't that's true that's true you gotta do the work you gotta do the work so like you said you just straight out said you just can't do it you know so we're gonna give some tools we're gonna get some tips to try to help individual break down those barriers make yourself open Try to reach out and connect and developing that trust so that you can first love yourself. Try to find out what is my purpose and basically giving back to other people. 
to try to help other people get through some of the things that you've been through. Sharing. Mm-hmm. They say sharing is caring. You know, and when you right. share that type of pain, then other people will come forth and say, you know what? I understand. I know how you feel. So we got about 30 seconds. We're going to take a break. Anything you want to say, Cedric, before we go to break? Um, no, I'm good, Jeanette. We'll just, we'll just roll, uh, after the break. I'm good. Yeah, I got a couple things on my mind, but I don't think I can get it in 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're going to go to break. Um, if, like I said, you can call in if you want to share with myself, Jeanette Abney, Cedric Boyd, and my in-house guest, Mr. Phillips. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Okay, welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney, special guest Cedric Boyd, and in-house guest Mr. Phillip. So I know time is winding down and we're about to run out of time pretty soon, but I wanted Cedric to share because, like, you know, I'm not a man. I'm not a male. I'm a female. And I need to know this stuff because as a mother, as a grandmother, raising my son as a a single mother and also looking at my grandson and my my other grandson, Cedric, what did you do to help yourself with this anger, with this Tell me, because I am very proud of you. I want you to know. Even though I oh, thought thank you was you, Jeanette. I'm NBA, proud of you, too, girl. I did. I always thought you was my basketball player, because I remember right. you playing basketball as a kid. Right. But tell me, right. what worked for you? Share what worked for okay. you. Well, let me, let me just give you a little bit of background on me. Um, like, we grew up in a predominantly white area for the first 11 years of uh, my life. First 10, 11 years. Now, when you're the first black person to do anything you know it's it's going to be a bumpy road mm-hmm. you know if you look in the in the history books and you look at jackie robinson or even barack or like it's not going to be easy when you're the only one of anything you know so i had a lot of anger towards white people by the way uh me and my sisters were treated it was pretty pretty abusive you know it was northern california in the 70s so, you know, I got called the N-word a lot. There was a lot of fights. And I'm not talking about by kids. I'm talking about by adults, coaches, teachers, you know. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty, pretty rough. So I had a lot of anger towards uh, white people. But the mm-hmm. thing of it was, when I looked back and I got a little older, I was like, they weren't, everybody wasn't like that, you know. And most people weren't like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just you remember the ones that were like that. You know, it just, it tends to stand out. Uh So, um, as I got older, you know, I kind of worked through that, but then I kind of wanted to know why I had to go through all that. Uh And then I wrote, you know what I mean? Then I read a book um, called The Purpose Driven Life. Wow. Um, I think it's by Rick. It is. is Rick uh, Rick Warren. Rick Warren. Rick Warren, yeah. And I read it, and I was like, well, this is my 
this is my purpose. Like I had to go through that. I had to go through that. And then my parents get divorced and getting very poor, going from middle class to very poor, going from a nice house to a two bedroom apartment, you know, stacked in with Tracy and Allison. And, uh, you know, our income basically getting cut maybe, um, to an eighth of what, mm-hmm. what my father made before, you know, so wow. I was like, why, why did I have to go through this? And the mm-hmm. reason I had to go through it was the Lord knew I was strong enough until I could get to him, you know, to build me up some more so I could help other people that are struggling, that felt like misfits, that, you know, that he, that was my purpose, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, I had to look to the Lord first, you know, and understand why I had these, these stripes, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? So for, for me, I know, you know, maybe everybody isn't saved or, you know, I don't want to get religious on anybody, but it's, it's a spiritual connection. You know, it's about relationship, not religion. And mm-hmm. I think when you look to him, he starts to reveal some things to you to help you understand why you had to get through this process. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't about, um, you know, about torturing you. He was building you up, you know, for your purpose. But sometimes wow. when we don't know our purpose, it's easy to be angry. Like, why am I subjected to all this nonsense? Wow. You know, so that's, that's what I, really, to be honest, I went to church. My wife took me to church. I started learning about the, the Lord and, you know, why you have to walk this walk and um, why you have to walk it. And people don't get to decide if you hate them or not. You get to decide. Wow. Well, you know, Cedric, we're going to be closing pretty soon, but I want to share some Mm -hmm. things. And I'm glad you shared that testimony to Mm -hmm. give the listeners a better idea of what you've been through and what you had to go through to teach you how to be a man. And one of the things is fathers. And I want to start with the fathers first, because, you know, as a man, you've been through it. My mother used to say, been there, done there, got my t-shirt. The one of the things is, especially if you have sons and not even just a son, but you could be without child, but watching these young men struggling and your communities and your neighborhood and the one thing is these young men are watching you as a man and they're watching you how you treat your wife how you treat your kids how you treat other women and how you treat other men men and if you treat individuals with respect you're basically teaching your son and other men that are watching you how to treat others with respect if you work hard to provide for your family, even if it requires you doing the minimum, you know, are mm-hmm. you tired from work? The one thing is, is you're teaching them about work. But if you're teaching them all these negative things, you're actually setting them up for failure. So the one thing right. is you want to teach them that even if you make a minimum wage, even mm-hmm. do something. And then even if your relationship with your own father was less than ideal or maybe mm-hmm. your father didn't have a good relationship with his father. Remember, you have a chance to break the cycle. And don't waste that opportunity. Stay close to your son. Stay close to your nephews. Coach them. Be there for them. Listen to them. Because if you set good examples for them, they can grow up and know what it's like to be a real man from a man whom that they're proud to call you their uncle, their brother, whatever the case may be. Now, on another tip for mothers. You can help your son grow up to be a real man, but you have to avoid making unfavorable comparisons to either your husband, their father, their brothers, or, you know, because the one thing is you're just like your daddy. That's one that kind of break their spirits down, especially if they don't like their father. And right. let's say your son makes an, an a, a mistake or do things that remind you of their father. You might be tempted to blurt that out, but stop it. We really got to stop that. And um, you're just being like, you know, selling that granite, even if they are. And you might want to remind them of that. Be careful with your words. Words are powerful. And for those that are married. And you know your husband is going through with his in, in, with his manhood. Support him, help him, and help encourage your, the relationship between the son and the father, and encourage them to spend time together and look for opportunities and highlights. And when you praise them, see the one thing I remember with reading Steve Harvey book, and it said that men want to protect, provide, and proclaim. And one of the things that if I don't, I definitely remember about that book, and it said that he wants in return is to be appreciated. Right. When a person 
feels appreciated, they will do more. They will go to the moon and back for you if they felt appreciated, if they felt that they were honored, if they and, you know, and if, if they struggling, you know, let them know. But you don't have to be afraid. And there are support. And like I said, once we get this together, Cedric, and um, like I said, some of the other men, I'm, you know, consulted with my pastor, some other men that right. I know and putting these workshops together is because I do want to create that form. I do want to break the cycle. I do want to work mm. on these stereotypes. We do need to break down on the racism because it's not just, you know, black men, it's white men, it's Asian men, it's Mexican men. Men, a man is a man. And a lot of men right. are dealing with the same struggles and same issues wherever they go. And we have to break through some of these barriers. And one of the things that stop us is fear. And we got to chip away right. at that fear. You know, there are counseling available for individuals. You know, like I said, I, I myself am a therapist with four different locations. I have the Center mm. for the Treatment of Addiction located in Orange County. I also have J.A. Precious located in or in Oceanside. And then I have my girl, Lisa, Dr. Lisa Romaine, and she's located. I have Dr. Ross and Reese in Oceanside. So if you give me a call and you are looking to connect with a therapist, Give me a call. I'll see what I can do in regards to our resources. But don't let it continue. We have to break the cycle. Like they say, each one teach one. Grab a person by the collar or, by, you know, by the, hey, you're doing a good job. I appreciate you. I remember, Cedric, me growing up. I'm not growing up, but as a mother, I remember mm -hmm. coaching my son's baseball team. Mm -hmm. I was like, now, I knew how to play softball, but I did not know how to play baseball. But right, when right. they, when my son didn't have a coach, I stepped up to the plate. I coached basketball. I did those things mm -hmm. to try to help these young men. What are some of the other things that you can want to tell the listeners that they can do to help a young man if they see that struggling? Um, Jeanette, I would say the the best thing you can do is make a safe place for them to speak freely and to vent. Like when I had, um, like when I was at the hall for all those years, I would take the kids away, the ones that were struggling, and we'd sit in a room at a desk with me and him, and I would just say, what's going on, man? You know, take him away from the group so he doesn't show us behind. Mm -hmm. And those kids would tell me some of the most horrific stuff that they were going through, and they couldn't wait to tell me, mm -hmm. you know, because they knew, they knew I was a safe place. You know, wow. they knew it was, it was cool. You know, they knew they could... You know, be allowed to make mistakes and be allowed to, you know, be vulnerable. You know, one, one situation stood out to me um, that, that's kind of stuck in my mind. Um, I had to escort this kid off the rec yard because he was acting a fool. So I just kind of grabbed his arm and took him, and then he ripped his arm away. And he was like, you know, he went into his, you know, dip me, mf -er, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You know, but eventually I got him in the room. You know, I got him to his room, and he was banging on the door. So I opened the door and I took him in the room and I said, what's wrong, man? What's, what's, what's going on? And he said, he could barely get it out. He was stuttering. He was like, my grandma. And I said, what's going on with your grandma, young man? She's like, I'm, I'm worried about her because she's not answering the phone. Mm -hmm. you know, and the last time, she, last time she didn't answer the phone, she was in the hospital. She went to a diabetic coma. And I said, well, my man, we can... We can take care of that right now. We can call right now. That's all you had to do was let me know. But he'd come to a place where something as simple as a phone call, he couldn't just let me know. You know, wow. like he, it wasn't, he had, he had to show how tough he was. And uh -huh. then once I got him in the room and he was like, okay, okay, young man, let's call your grandma. Let's see what's going on. Come to find out the woman was in a diabetic coma, why she didn't answer the phone. You know, wow. but, but. The fact that I let him call, it eased his mind. We had a 100% uh, better relationship because he knows that I cared. You know, right. I got a grandma with diabetes, too, at that time. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, my father had diabetes. I understand he's a young man. He's feeling powerless. He was like 16 or 17. He was in custody. You know, so he can't just, just say that out loud. I'm upset about my grandma. Correct. You know? So I, I think number one is you got to create a safe place for the kids to vent and the adults, men to vent, that they're not going to be judged and not tell them to suck it up and all that stuff. But they're just human beings with feelings and they got, they're going through stuff. Gotcha. And they don't have to be tough all the time. 
You're right. You don't have to be tough all the time. And it's like I said, and I heard it said before, you have to connect before you can correct. I also did my internship at Juvenile Hall in San Diego County, and I Mm. enjoyed that experience because I had the opportunity to work with a lot of defiant kids. And I don't call them defiant. I've learned to separate who you are from what you do and to give you hope. To also give you resources because when a person give up on you, it makes you want to give up on yourself. So one of the things that I truly believe in is empowering individuals, encouraging them because it goes back again. When you know better, you do better. And a lot of times they don't know no better because they're using what they have. And a lot of times what they want to do is run people away. They're so used to being abandoned. They're so used to being rejected. So they feel and and what happens is they have this view, view of self view of world and view of others and that makes right. a lot of men a dangerous man at times and trying to help them find a purpose and once they mm-hmm. find their purpose then you can see how beautiful and wonderful they can be and what they have to offer others in this world now mm-hmm. we're going to be closing soon so like I said um, hopefully you guys have listened quite a few missed out read Cedric's book The Good Wolf and I know you have another book out Cedric what's the name of your other book that you wrote the other book is the sequel to The Good Wolf. It's called Randall Whitmore. Um, they're available on Amazon. Uh, you can download the Kindle version or you can get a paperback. They're both like, uh, I think, fourteen ninety five paperback and like a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine for the Kindle edition. Okay. So, and next um, week, next week with J.A. Um, J. Precious, uh, Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney, I'm going to have Dr. Lisa Romaine as a guest, and we're going to be talking about domestic violence and volatile relationships. So tune in, listen. We're going to give you some tips that's not only just for victims of domestic violence, perpetrators of domestic violence, and how we have to create a safe place for everyone, and we have to develop emotional maturities and work on ourselves. I'm going to go back to what I heard Bishop Noel say. Yesterday, I mean, on Monday, we, I mean, I'm sorry, it was actually on Sundays when I was listening to it, is basically we got to we gotta work on ourselves. We really got to work on ourselves. So until then, remember, you got this. And thank you for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest Cedric Boy and in-house guest Philip. Until then, stay sweet. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.